right? Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster hey hey welcome in second episode this week of filibuster we are recording immediately after we we ended the last episode go check that out in your podcast feed if you haven't we break down dc united's last preseason game and uh some other news around the team so definitely check that out as for this episode um oh by the way i'm adam taylor joined as always by jason anderson and ben bromley we're all from blackandredunited.com but you probably knew all that um on this episode, we are very excited because it's finally here. DC United uh, will start their 2020 with the first February kickoff in MLS regular season history. Uh, it'll be against the Colorado Rapids. It'll happen this Saturday, 1 p.m. at Audi Field. If you can't get to Buzzard Point, watch it on WJLA 24-7 News, which used to be News Channel 8. Um, but they decided or maybe that it was better for branding. it's possible it could also be in another location or another uh, streaming or broadcast home, but we know it will be on, on channel eight. So, so check that out Uh, to help us preview the Colorado Rapids. We have invited Jake Shapiro from the Denver post to join us on this episode. And he has kindly accepted our invitation and he joins us now, Jake, welcome to filibuster. Thanks guys for having me. Uh, Been looking forward to the kickoff of MLS season for so long now. Uh, I was out in LA with the Rapids a little while ago and uh, saw the U.S. men's national team and just getting back on the pitch just for a few days was like, it was marvelous. Cause I, I mean, you guys feel a little bit the same. I know it hasn't snowed that much uh, in DC this winter, but it has snowed the most amount in Denver in I think a hundred years. So I haven't seen grass in forever. <laughs> we so are global warming. Yeah. Are there going to be some snow uh, games to start the year out there? Um, I've already been uh, bothering our PR staff in Colorado about that. Just, hey, Snow Classical 4, it's coming up, right? Like, you can control that, right? Well, it, it would be way much better than what we had last year, which was literally the plague at one point. Um, That's and, oh, right. Oh, I, yeah. The Prairie Dogs, right? And also, yes, the Prairie Dogs got the plague, and we had three different games that had uh, rain delays or lightning delays over three hours long. So I think I spent I seven to eight hours of my 4th of July just sitting at the Rapid Stadium, uh, kicking the can with our color commentators and stuff, which are fun people. I mean, Marcelo Balboa is a good guy. But like, 
yeah. And we didn't even get the fireworks afterwards because of the plague. So, yeah. So how many orange balls do you have just like in your bag ready to just like roll them out? Uh, I actually will see tomorrow. That's going to be interesting because uh, tomorrow uh, they're practicing inside uh, because we're expecting a storm. So they practice inside at the Broncos facility when they do that. And normally they'll practice with the orange balls just in case. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on the new orange balls to see what they look like this year. <laughs> well, like we got so excited by the weather and it sounds like you guys are working your way up to raining frogs. So um, I guess protect yeah. your firstborn if you're out there uh, in Colorado. Um, we, we skipped our traditional first question though, which is what are you drinking tonight? Uh, normally it's a Red Bull vodka or it was all weekend right now. It's a Sprite because Red Bull vodka is all weekend. this is a fair fair answer yeah Uh, it was a fun weekend sounds like it Uh, was that in la too or no i was i was at home finally back this weekend uh i just i i went to see uh a couple shows i saw pine grove uh so i I had a fun weekend with friends uh saw the nuggets play we got a hell of a basketball team out in denver this year i know you guys have legitimately one basketball player on your team and then a bunch of dudes yeah. no one's ever heard of. So that's, that's correct. But yeah. Hey, we Adam have the player actually, who's the most famous player in Japan too. Adam plays. Adam <laughs> is the 11th man on the roster for the Wizards this year. Uh, I mean, he might get bumped up to ninth after the, the, all the cuts. <laughs> no matter I mean, what, though, they're never putting me on the court. It's, it's a dream, yeah, but it'll never City happen. Go-Go and he does, Capital City Go-Go. Always, always in the spot. And I mean, Jason is the, is a big fan of the best uh, basketball team in the DMV. It's true. Good the Terps. Mystics? No, the Terps. Oh. Well, the Mystics. The, the, yes, the sure. best playing right now. Yes. The best currently playing at the moment. Well, here's There was an episode uh, over the winter. There ahead. was an episode yeah, yeah. over the winter where, uh, where Jason was muzzling himself so he wouldn't scream about the Mystics winning the championship yeah. while we were recording. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's fun to have a good basketball team. Uh, I, I was originally a Chicago guy. Elena Deladon was like my favorite basketball player. So I was really upset when you guys took her from us. But uh, <laughs> you, uh, you guys, uh, here's your little Colorado connection. Mark Turgeon and uh, Tad Boyle, the head coach of the University of Colorado men's basketball team, also ranked, uh, have really deep ties. So uh, we're mm-hmm. always constantly watching Maryland basketball out here. Nice. Uh, no matter what it may seem, this is in fact a soccer podcast. Um, eh, and <laughs> is at some point we're going to talk about soccer. So, you know, no time like the present, uh, Jake Colorado ended 2019 on something of a hot streak. They won seven of nine or se- five of seven rather to, to end the season, even if it Star wasn't Trek enough. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> even if it wasn't enough to, to get into the postseason. Ben, that was just like subconscious. That wasn't even intentional. Uh, <laughs> Jake, what changed once Robin Fraser took over and whatever it was, can they sustain it coming into 2020? Uh, quite honestly, it wasn't even when Robin Fraser took over. It was when Connor Casey took over and it might've just been because Anthony Hudson was not the coach anymore. <laughs> um, the further you remove yourself from that, the, the, the more you, you kind of hear the stories and the more you kind of hear some stuff. I, I actually had a really good relationship with Anthony, so I got nothing against the guy. And I tend to think he, he develops some of the rapid young players pretty well. Uh, but the results were not good in any form or fashion. Um, so I think it was just getting him out the door, getting a new voice in there, whatever that was. Because if you look at what the point where about Connor Casey took over and the Rapids got Jonathan Lewis and Lalas Abubakar, which I think was two or three games into Connor Casey's tenure, the Rapids were actually the second best team in the Western Conference last year after uh, LAFC. 
from that point forward. So uh, it's just hard when you literally only had two points in your first 13 games to come out and get a playoff spot. But they were alive on decision day. Uh, they needed a massive upset of LAFC and a Portland loss and a bunch of other things to happen. But they were alive on the last day of the year. And I think a big thing that changed was just they started believing in themselves. Like, this is actually a pretty solid roster for not having a DP last year. And then they added a DP in Jonas Namely, uh, who's the attacking midfielder that they've sought after for, like, legitimately 10 years in Commerce City. So uh, they have a pretty solid roster that works. The problem is going to be um, kind of figuring out the identity of the team because Nicholas Benazé, doesn't necessarily fit the pressing style that they have, and neither does Namely. Namely is more of a possession guy. Um, so it's going to be interesting because if they can keep possession of the ball, their strikers accounted for 32 goals last year, which is literally just six less than they scored as a team two years ago. So uh, they're starting to add some pieces together. This is a playoff team. Like I saw the MLS predict. MLS website project, uh, projections of where they thought the Rapids were going to finish, and everyone had them like ninth or eleventh. Uh, internally in the organization, they think they're uh, they're hosting a playoff game if they if everything breaks right. So, Jake, I have a number of questions about old old players on this Colorado Rapids roster, but I'll start with. Uh, a player who we all love, but I love to dunk on because he's was a bad MLS player, even though he's not there anymore. But Tim Howard was a bad MLS player, and now he's gone, and Clint Irwin is in is on the back line. And how much do you think Clint Irwin being there over Tim Howard is going to improve the Colorado Rapids going into 2020? I'll be quite honest with you guys. I don't have the best eye for soccer in the world. Um, I'm still working on my analyst stuff, but I talked with Alexi Lalas, who obviously does have a great eye for this stuff. And Alexi's direct quote to me was the Rapids defense will improve in 2020, just based on the fact that Tim Howard's no longer in goal. I mean, yeah. So that's, that's his opinion. Uh, I thought Tim was it's our okay. opinion too. Yeah. You know what? Uh, Tim, I thought was okay. In, in 2016, he was very good for the club, but that went downhill quickly after he got hurt in that U.S. men's national team game. Uh, and it kind of blew up their chances at sneaking into an MLS cup. Uh, even though they probably didn't earn it, they were just kind of a lucky team that were winning games because of the way the ball bounced. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, the big question to me is whether or not Clint Irwin still has it within him to play that quality of soccer over that much of a stretch because it's one thing to do it over two months and have consistent service over that time can he do it over 25 games now and i think that's going to be the question uh and that's going to really impact this club and their defense improved a lot just simply on the fact that lawless abubakar is going to be there the full season and he shouldn't have to do as much emergency defending which he happens to be really good at um but there's questions about what Austin Trusty is, and you might be able to answer that more than I because I didn't watch the Eastern Conference as much as you guys did. Oh, and we have a lot of questions there, about that too. <laughs> right. And the other thing is Austin Trusty and Sam Vines. Sam Vines was a really good player for the Rapids last year. He's on all the 20 under 20 li- or 23 under 20 lists. Uh, both of those guys might be gone for most of the summer if the U.S. men's team makes the Olympics. So they might be missing their back line for a big portion of the summer. And uh, – Jake, my other question deals with another old, old player, but it looks like he might be 
drawn on a lot. It, like Kai Kamara has been a good player, sometimes a great player in MLS, but how much is Colorado going to rely on him this year? And can he still do it at 35 years old? If Kai Kamara didn't mess up his penalties, the Rapids make up, make the playoffs last year. Like that's how close they were to making the playoffs. And Kai, I think missed three or four penalties all in the second half of the year. Um, in two in one game, I believe in which they ended up with a draw. Uh, Diego Rubio is ready to be a starter in MLS. He's been very solid for the Rapids. Uh, and he was solid for supporting KC before, and he really started to find a role in the second half. Ty Kamara was Rapids' best player through the first 15 games last year, and then it was Jack Bryce. Uh, I don't know what Kai Kamara, if Kai Kamara is still a starter in this league, but I do know Kai Kamara is a very valuable guy who can score goals for this team. The problem is, like I talked about Diego Rubio, you've got a guy right there that can play, and then you've got a third guy in Andre Shinoshiki who just happened to win rookie of the year and score seven goals last year. So I'm trying to figure out where all the service is going to come and all the playing time is going to come for all these uh, all these strikers. And I think Kai Kamara can just service himself, right? Well. I, I don't know. He, he's still scoring a tremendous amount of his goals off of headers and stuff. And that's where Namely might come in and help him because he didn't really have anyone creating goals except off of set pieces and Jack Price and Cole Bassett last year. So in open play, Kai Kamara might actually be a little bit better than he was last year, but I don't think he's going to play as much. Uh, Jake, you mentioned, you've mentioned um, Namely a couple times now. Um, I know this is a player that the Rapids – have really they were pursuing him for a while this wasn't a they found him last month and decided to sign him kind of deal um how big are or how high are their hopes for this player because it seems like the attack is kind of built around him yeah and i think that he was the final piece to an attack which scored the third most goals in mls last year he's the final piece to that attack uh, they needed a DP. They needed someone that could take over games. And this guy added the most value per, t- per touch in the Danish league two years ago. So this guy should be pretty legit. At least that's what it's looking like, uh, according to you know all the metrics and some of the things that we're seeing uh, in practice. So I, I, I still, it comes down to that identity question of what exactly the Rapids are going to be and how that impacts them. But in the same vein, He's a game changer if he's what they say he is, what, what they hope he's advertised to be. Uh, he's someone that can really add open play goals because last year the Rapids, I think, had 11 set piece goals and eight of them came in a stretch of like two months. So uh, if they can not rely on set piece goals as much, I think they absolutely change who they are as a team and actually turn into a, a pretty valuable contender out in the Western Conference. Um, and I think that comes down to namely because they were lacking a central attacking midfielder all year last year. Like they had uh, uh, Nicholas Mazakita, who's a solid guy if you're going to play him 20, 25 minutes a night, but not start him. Uh, Kai Kamara and Diego Rubio played double strikers at one point. Like there just wasn't really a, a, a real clear a- answer of what they were doing in terms of getting the ball forward to their strikers. There wasn't a bridge between Jack Price and those strikers. Um, you also mentioned, you know, last season the Rapids were pressing teams um, and that this year, Nicholas Benizé, who was with TFC last year, um, isn't necessarily as adept at that side of the game. Um, is Do you have a feel at this point what Robin Frazier wants to do about that? Or does he want to change the style of play a little bit to account for Benizé and for Nomley, 
Um, or does he want to make them a, is it, is it the players have to adjust or will it be the coach that adjusts is what I'm getting at? Well, it's going to be a four, three, three. I mean, that's the simple way of putting it, but mm. in terms of like how they actually play the game, uh, I honestly think that what's going to happen is they're going to try and get these two new guys to adjust to the way they play. Um, and if that doesn't happen, they'll start adjusting. But yeah, you know what? I think every great coach, and that's what Robin Frazier, they hope is in Colorado, it's up to him to make adjustments based on the players he has. And what's really interesting to me is Jonathan Lewis is a really good pressing winger, and he really changed the dynamic of the team when he was out uh, playing, when he wasn't injured, when he wasn't with the U.S. team. Uh, if they can find a way to make Lewis and Benize work two very different wingers on each side of the, the field, I think they've got something, but it's going to be unique because again, they're very different players and you kind of want your wings to be in sync and doing the same things, but just on the opposite side of the ball. Right. So uh, that's my big question for them. And can Andre Shinashiki actually be a winger? They tried him there a couple times last year. He was fine, but he's a natural striker. Uh, and they've got another kid coming in, Galvin, who might come in early, but he's right now scheduled to come into the summer transfer window. Like they have like eight wingers right now. They just, they're a team full of wingers. And, uh, I don't really know what they're going to do with all of those wingers. And I think that's going to change the identity of the team is what they can settle on in terms of playing four guys in those spots. Um, and making sure they've got those substitutions in, you know, at the 60 minute mark or whatever, um, to, supplement the way they've been playing whether it's defensively or offensively because there, there there is that's that's the most pressing question to use upon uh, of this team um i know uh from from watching what i could of their last preseason game before dc's kicked off at almost the same time um i was a little surprised to see the lineup out there um Nomley wasn't in Lewis Benese. Uh, it didn't look like they were on the field for the start of that one, which got delayed by a, a monsoon basically breaking out in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, what are the status of those guys? Cause it seems like, you know, if all three of them can't start this weekend, then all of a sudden DC's playing a team that's missing th- three attacking starters. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. They're, they're like, like I'm trying to say their attacking group is so deep that I don't think it necessarily matters right now. Like they, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to survive two or three injuries in, in their forward unit and just be okay. Uh, their depth problems are in the midfield and in, in the back line. Uh, I mean, they have Sam, Nick, like Sam Nicholson scored, I think one of the goals of the year last year. And then he had three other goals or something like that. He's a winger just sitting on their bench, not getting any service whatsoever. They'll be fine uh, if they're without attackers. But uh, I think they just sat them out as a precaution. That's at least what I heard. I'll find mm-hmm. out for sure tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, like I think they knew the weather, and they were just going, you know what, it's not even worth getting these guys warm and cold and warm and cold if, if that's how this is going to go. So you mentioned defense, and uh, that, that was a big issue for the Rapids last year. Even some of those wins during that hot streak were, were of the shootout variety, uh, three to two. I think there was one that was like six, three or something. Um, how do the Rapids tighten up that defense and do they have the center backs to do that? Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And that's why they brought in Robin Frazier, a defensive coach. That's why they also brought in Drew Moore, who won the 2010 MLS cup with them. And, you know, it was a big piece in Toronto, maybe not necessarily in the way he's been playing the last few years, but is a big voice in the locker room. And uh, Drew is going to be, I think, a really solid piece off the bench for them and a solid voice in the locker room because they did lose a lot of leadership when they lost Tim Howard, whether or not you buy into 
the way he was playing. So uh, I think uh, that's uh, uh, one of the bigger question marks for this team. And that's why you saw every single one of their transactions for the first part of the offseason was targeting uh, center backs. It was Austin Trusty, it was Drew Moore, is bringing in Lalas Abubakar full time. Uh, that's going to be uh, what probably is the factor for major improvement this year is if Austin Trusty can be a guy that can be as solid and reliable as someone like Keegan Rosenberry. But the ball on the foot of Austin Trusty, I think, is a worry. The ability for him to make passes is a worry. It's really, he's just an athletic, tall center back. Let's figure out the rest at this point. And I think that's what Philadelphia was dealing with. So, uh, yeah, if they can improve that defense and they can stay where they were offensively, if not even get a little bit better, they are going to be hosting a, a home playoff game. Like, that's why the, the club believes that. But to, to see what they can't right now, you know, not using the club's emotion, um, I think there are some questions about whether Austin Trusty is a viable starting center back in the league, and this is going to be his opportunity to answer that. Like, he's getting his opportunity right now. Can the kid take it off, uh, take off with it and run with it? Uh, and they're going to give him every chance they possibly can because they really believe in him. And, you know, looking at Lalas Abubakar, just having him simply on the roster Last year, they went from a team that gave up 2.5 goals a game to 1.4 when Lalas was in the lineup. So that's a massive, massive upgrade. I don't know if they can be that good with Lalas Abubakar. Like, Lalas can be that good individually again, uh, especially in the way he worked with Tim Howard. But we'll see. I mean, like, there are some moving parts. There are question marks. But the thing I don't have a question about anymore, whereas I had this question going into last season is, do they have capable MLS professional players on their roster? They actually do. And it's not just 11. It's about 18, 20 deep. If, if they go down in the back line, they have guys to step up. They really like the draft pick they had in Jeremy Kelly. They really like, um, they really like uh, Sam Vines. Obviously, they like Keegan Rosenberry. They have a kid, Sebastian Anderson, who's going to spend some time with the USL club this year. So they have a depth of guys or they can throw some bodies out there if they get into some trouble. Declan Wynn, uh, who's, who's been okay for them over the course of history. And then the big one, Courtney Ford, if they're able to get him back healthy, uh, he's missed about a year and a half injured. So they've got a lot of names and a lot of bodies. It's a matter of who is going to play around Lalas Abubakar, Keegan Rosenberry, and Sam Vines. Who is that third, or who is that fourth guy going to be on the, on, in the center back? And, uh, Tommy Smith was not good for the Rapids for about a year and a half until they got Lalas Abubakar. So whatever it is, it might be better than that. So you've talked about the the organization sees themselves as a top four team in the West uh, if they can get everything to click. What's the floor if things don't click? Where where could this team be if things don't go just so? That's a good question. Um, and I don't think anyone's really addressed that question yet. Um, but I think the floor is probably right around where they were last year because the offense could take a little bit of a step back and the defense is going to get better just on the fact that they've gotten so many more bodies out there. But the question mark is, again, it comes back to, to Clint Irwin defensively. Can he step up and be that guy? So, uh, yeah, I think at worst, they're probably the ninth or eighth team in the West. But at best, they're probably third or fourth. Uh, and I don't think there's a lot of variance there. Like, I think there's a good chance that they end up around fifth or sixth. 
Uh, I don't, I, I don't see them as being a seven, eight or nine team. I see them more in that four to six range. Quite honestly, uh, you look around the, uh, the, the Western conference, there are a lot of question marks with a lot of teams. The Rapids don't have those question marks. The question marks are very ancillary, especially with the momentum they have riding off of last season. So based on what you've seen from them in preseason and, and folks you've talked to, how would you expect a team to play against the Rapids this year? What's the best way to game plan for them? I would say you really have to contain them off set pieces. Um, they're a really, really good set piece team. That's their, that's their bread and butter, um, especially when you have a guy who's scored the most headers in MLS history in Kai Kamara. He's really good at volleys, right? Um, aside from that, I would say you have to test their midfield and back line. Like you have to get into some spots that were dangerous. You saw San Jose um, take advantage of this last year. Um, the way they play their unique style where, what, it's, it's a man – uh, they do the man defense thing. I don't even know the word for it, actually, but uh, they really gave Col- yeah man marking. Thank you. They gave Colorado a lot of trouble last year with doing that, uh, and it helped them counter up the field quicker than the Rapids or had a chance to do that. Um, so I think you look at the those types of things, and you really want to put Lalas Abubakar on. Like I wouldn't test Lalas Abubakar. I would test every other guy on the defense. So if you've got Lalas Abubakar and Keegan Rosenberry playing one side, I would go right at Austin Trusty, go right at Clint Irwin, like throw some shots on the net, see what happens. Um, because you've got question marks in the midfield too. Like everyone wants to talk about how good of a player Kellen Acosta was in terms of potential. He just hasn't turned into that yet. Like they have some, they have some people that you can attack as individuals in their defensive structure uh, and their offense is going to be one that scores a lot of goals. So if you can shut down the set pieces and limit them to one or two goals a game rather than three or four, you might be able to make up those goals. All right. We'll see if DC United can do that this Saturday. Jake, thanks for coming on the show. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Please subscribe to my stuff and the Denver Post Rapids coverage. Um, we are, what, year two of a full-time Denver Post Rapids beat writer. We're really trying to cover soccer out here and we'll grow the game and, and get it to all the great soccer fans in Colorado, a growing sport across the board. A couple of our gals are on the U.S. Women's National Team, Lindsey Horan and Mal Pugh. So uh, any support we can get for uh, soccer coverage out here, we love it. Obviously, the the city of Denver is going to be one of those cities that is hoping to get the world cup bid. So uh, that's been a thing that's brewing over here as well. All right. Uh, you're on Twitter. Yeah. At Chapelicious. That's the best place to follow my stuff. And uh, if you can deal with my baseball takes, uh, cause there's going to be a lot of baseball takes. I love baseball. <laughs> Find us, but no baseball takes uh, at filibuster DCU or at black and red U for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Download rate review, subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Though, mostly though, please tell a friend about the show uh, when you're hanging out, when you're drinking before the game, talk about something you learned from Jake tonight and tell your friend where you where you found that out. Uh, That's it for us, for Jason and Ben, and thanking Jake one more time. I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Goodbye, Jason. Goodbye, Jason.